0: deeper depth than they would have done you know it's, it's it's not dissimilar to a relationship you know if you're if you're shady you're not going to get let yourself get as close to someone but um you know and you guys have clearly done that in a very amazing way and you know you've got a lot of depth in community which is fantastic to see and on the flip side you know currently you know building digital identities is really important and it does allow people to be flowery and you know express themselves in the ways that they they, you know, may not normally do so. And I think that creates magical moments, you know, whether it's on Twitter or Discord, you know, you get people rallying around certain narratives and fun in in ways they wouldn't normally if it was, you know, imagine if Discord was just full of your LinkedIn profiles, you know, everyone I'm sure would be <laughs> a lot more sensible. Um, so I completely agree on that. Um, and like something that's really important to, to us as a project is, narrative you know world building is really exciting um you know having this kind of visceral story that you can get behind it you know in the early days of creeps we like to call it experiential theater you know it allowed communities to engage in a way that you had offshoots um of different narratives you can run with you know different ideas that came up and it's something you guys have done beautifully um and it's a real masterclass in the way you've communicated the narrative over time um you know whether it's been little like uh you know picture tidbits or it's recordings through a through a um like a a radio um and the evolving um way you bring people into the project it's it's really amazing I'd, i'd love to hear more about you know how you how you you know I guess, A, decided that, you know, building a narrative is really important and, you know, how you develop that narrative over time and, you know, your relationship with it.
1: Yeah, I think um, from, like, day one when we were thinking about ideas, um, I think that when we kind of struck upon the the idea and the concept that kind of underlines the um, whole collection, that's when it started to all fall into place. And from sort of my experience, you know, my Um, studio has been about building brands and in my experience the best brands that we've built in the past have been the ones where um, it doesn't just look great and feel great when you're interacting with it but there is some inherent concept or story that underlines all those things and informs all of those things and then as that brand scales and grows the concept is the kind of center point that informs everything new that's created um, and that can kind of happen on a sort of visual level, but it also can happen you know particularly in and around language and I think that's always the point where if if we're seeing the brand idea start to inform the language of the story and the language of how the brand speaks, that's when it starts to feel like a really solid idea with lots of um, legs to it. And so I think, um, like, from from that beginning, we wanted to have something that was the kind of fabric that ran through everything. And so having this idea of um, the lab, they're doing this mysterious um, experiments. To enhance human creativity, and there's this outbreak that's happening, and and allowing that to kind of feed into everything that we're doing, get, get, gives everything so much more strength, and will feed into everything that we do long term as well. Um, but but also, I think it's important to say that no concept like that comes out completely fully formed. So you you have the idea, and you have the kind of foundation of that but you're kind of constantly building on top of it brick by brick. And um, actually I think what we've been really fortunate with is I think either the way in which we positioned it or just the nature of the idea itself has been sort of malleable enough to allow the community to also in- interact with it. So for example, you know, talk about language and how, how the concept can feed into that. So we have our discord. Um, our discord is not just our discord server, it's our lab. Um, and in our lab, <laughs> We don't just have mods, we have uh, lab techs. And and the term lab techs is actually a community-driven phrase. That's someone in the community who understood the concept, they were in the story, and they recommended um, they recommended that name. And that's happened a few times. So I think it gives you the kind of foundation to grow with everyone and, and allow everyone else to kind of feed into it. And in a way, it starts to kind of feel as if the brand is moving forward and growing Almost without you, and you're just kind of like along for the ride in a way, which um, is a really lovely feeling. Um, I didn't really go into kind of the nitty gritty of like how that, what that concept is, and how it's created. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you want to maybe um, go into a little bit more of that.
2: Um, yeah, I was actually like that. That was a, a masterclass of description. I was just in awe of that. <laughs> <laughs> you went into another world there. Um, yeah, I mean, like. I, I actually don't have much to like add it'd be interesting the back of that like um what would be interesting to go deeper on um Don Yeah,
0: I I think you know one thing that you struck on, which I think I've seen some of the best founders in this space do, is really treat the relationship between dev team and community a bit like improv comedy. You know, there's that yes and um, you know, a bit like the the lab tech. You know, you you get that suggestion. You're like, "Hey, okay, that's smart. How can we build upon it?" And like you said, you get that kind of like you hit that moment when you hit that relationship right, where it's kind of the the community starts pulling you along much more than you're pulling the community along. And I think that's what's very important because obviously, in a, you know a, a decentralized economy, you know ownership of not just the assets but actually the storyline and other things um, is really important because it allows people to just really deepen on that and i guess one thing you've done which i think is really really fantastic is you've managed to translate that narrative into your artwork so um i, I guess i'll give a quick summary for, for the tolls who, who don't know yet you know you get you know when you when you get a possessed entity you get different states you know blessed or possessed um i'd love for you guys to zoom in on that and you know how you um how you got to the that sort of concept and how you're gonna you know how you decided to build the art into different states
1: and where you see that going tom do you want to talk a little bit about the how functionally that's going to happen as an nft and then i can talk a bit more about the conceptual side of it
2: yeah sure um yeah so you get a bunch of questions on like yeah whether it's like wrapped and all that sort of thing but yeah essentially it's like um it's all kind of going to be in the same same contract, same NFT. So it's not going to be not going to be kind of two two NFTs or anything. So it's just going to be one token. And um, but they're kind of setting it to blessed or possessed will, will be done kind of on chain. So you will have the opportunity to pick basically whether you want your your PFP to be your your blessed state or you want it to be your possessed state um and uh it will animate between those two as well so if you're using it on discord you kind of get the, the animation too and hopefully one day one day twitter um but that's kind of like yeah technically how it works and yeah joe going for detail about how we got to that that concept
3: just just on that before you do dig in i'd, lo- I'd love to dig into you know more on a technical level there is, is this something you guys have, have um you know, innovated fr- from the ground up, or how have you how have you sort of come to you know the understanding of how to being able to build sort of almost two NFTs through a single contract?
2: Yeah, good question. I I think like I like like last year I was just doing a lot when I was like, um, I mean like I've been coding for like ten plus years pretty much, but um, the it was like last year when I really started getting into Solidity. But like part of that was was diving deep into like other other projects contracts and and when I see uh like an interesting mechanic um to kind of go into their contract and other scan, look through it, like figure out like how they've done that and then kind of try and like replicate that myself. And um so a lot of it kind of like learning and figuring it out has been has been through that. And um and I think it was although we're not going to use this concept, I think I was lucky that the kind of the a uh, project that I experimented with to the tail end of last year was a was a wrapping um, mechanic where basically you could wrap Christmas presents and they would, so you'd send an NFT as a Christmas present, wrap it in this contract so it was hidden and then send it to somebody. It would appear as a present in their wallet and then they could unwrap it on Christmas Day and you would reveal what the real like, NFT inside was. Um, but that was like a really interesting uh, learning to kind of figure out like the best way to do that mechanic in a way that was um uh yeah like on chain and smooth and like gas efficient and all of that and so and it was actually pretty complex for like a first kind of like main net project and so i really kind of went through a really steep learning curve doing that um yeah so kind of just le- learning by by looking at other projects and using that as inspiration really
3: I love that That's amazing i mean the you know for someone who's who's naturally curious and you know the best founders in this space really do show show that that curiosity above anything else you know being able to dig into a world where you know the ip behind most of these projects is is totally transparent you know verified on chain and that kind of composability allows you to totally you know build your own version of what you believe is is innovation um and I almost kind of open source the whole concept of innovation um on a technical level so it's, it's really exciting to see you guys you know spending the time to do the research and to, into to integrate projects and figure out what is best for you as opposed to just what's the easiest thing to do you know i, yeah. I hope we i hope we see a, an erc 721 possessed coming out um, as as a contract standard um super super cool it's a it's a really great um story and and excited for that to see that contract myself um joe i'd I'd love to oh sorry Uh, i
2: I was just going to just gonna add just quickly was that like and this probably leads into what like yeah joe's about to say which is we actually like when we were going through ideas for like the possessed well pre-possessed and figuring out like what we wanted to do the, we, we had a few different things which were like more like complicated like on-chain mechanics like puzzles and where you find all the pieces and things like that and I think we still got a few things that one day we'd love to like, experiment with a bit more because originally we shied away from um like pfp projects i think and Joe will touch on this a bit more like we just felt that there was at the time anyway there were a lot of a lot of derivatives not a lot of like difference in the space and so we just we didn't want to do something that was that was just the same and um in the end we, we found our our version of different in that and something that we were like both excited about and was like very different to to what was like already already out there um that probably leads into joe you explaining a bit more about it
1: yeah i think when we like tom said when initially looking at ideas um you know we were trying to find the the concept that that felt right and that we kind of would fall for but we're also just looking at sort of at an executional level what would be a good fit um in the market how would we kind of position ourselves in the space and And, you know, if we were going to do something, we wanted to make sure we did something different. Um, And particularly at that time, it really felt like, um, you know, by law, if you were going to do an NFT project, it had to be some form of ape or, you know, the kind of like uh, doodle punk type crossover of two um, collections. And it felt just really... um, it just felt kind of a little bit soulless. You know, there was a sense of like this really innovative, creative space had kind of gone into this hole where nobody was really creating anything new, particularly at that kind of moment in time. Like, that's how it felt anyway. Um So we were playing around lots of ideas. And like Tom said, initially was one of the reasons why do we, do we even want to do a PFP collection? Um, but then I think ultimately realized that It wasn't the PFPs that were the issue, it was the way in which they were being executed and it was the kind of lack of concept behind the um, collections themselves. So once we kind of understood that, it was kind of going back to what the concept was and and naturally I think PFPs were were the right choice for us because that is very inherently the the right style for my illustrations and um, felt a very natural way into the market. Um, and so I think the, the kind of crucial moment when, from a sort of executional standpoint, when we kind of, um, really felt like we'd hit something was when we had the two sides of the same character. Um, and it kind of came up very naturally. It was just exploring lots of different like character styles and, exploring kind of variations of color and treatments and things and then when I think we had um, this realization that actually this is one character that is transitioning into this other state um, we felt like we really had something there you know there's this sort of universal understanding that and everybody on the planet sort of across language cross culture would understand this sense of like having two sides of your personality or having good days and bad days or um, that kind of like duality to personality I think speaks um, really strongly without any context so that was like really the the kind of crux of it um, and I think as the kind of concept grew the way you know we are going to think about the the kind of two sides of those characters and and use that in lots of different ways Like we will be doing some um, things around mental health and by having these kind of two sides of your personality um but i think the kind of central way in which we're, we're thinking about it is um that the the blessed state is your kind of just normal day-to-day self and then the possessed state is you on your kind of most wild creative passionate side so that kind of moment when you get in the zone and you're doing something creative and you're going wild and um and i think ultimately that is the the sort of underlying purpose of what we're trying to do with the possessed you know we want to spark this kind of creative uprising um and um reawaken the inner creativity of all the people in our community and i think we're we're seeing we're sort of reaping the rewards of that already you know through the competitions we're doing and through something like this super amazing um creativity that we're seeing in our community um i haven't seen another community like it and and that is like the most exciting thing um, from my perspective to kind of see what that concept was at the beginning and then seeing the kind of community naturally living that day to day now is um it feels really great
0: and and what's what's the process behind creating the art like it's 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 really unique it's really cool you know what what are you doing behind the scenes you know g- give us a sort of um uh, inside look into into how you are you know design these beautiful pieces
1: good question um yeah i think so Um, i can talk a little bit about the tools and the the kind of process of creating them i think the first thing is um so at at the very beginning there's no rules it is come up with a wacky idea design a character um you know before we've actually created any of the art there was um obviously no design system or anything so really we were just kind of playing with lots of different things and gradually you're kind of honing that down and i think um before we'd posted maybe by the time we would posted one of the prototypes which was super early this was before we'd up- launched our official twitter um i think i put it out on my personal twitter i think at that point we had something like 30 different characters that we designed but they're all a bit inconsistent and they're all a bit over the place but the the purpose of that stage was just to kind of let the creativity go and and we didn't want to say right all of the lids had to be this size or this color and all the eyes had to be this size because we didn't want to kind of constrain ourselves too early um and so we kind of just like let ourselves go wild and we designed lots of lots of things and and often um you know the the ideas that are the best are the ones that just kind of hit you or you see something in the street or you, um, you know, an old TV show memory comes into your head and you think, oh, that would be a cool trait. I think when you're really kind of stressing and trying to work hard to think of an idea, they end up being the sort of more um, complicated ones. Um, so first off, you kind of need the concept and the idea for the trait. Oh, OK, let's do... Um, i don't know a ufo hat or something um and then you kind of just go in and start designing that and and once we kind of knew roughly what that character structure was going to be we that's when we kind of implemented the design system and and we actually we showed this really early on but actually what what we'll probably do is tweet that out again because um, we have a, a really clear grid um, of, you know, these are where the eyes need to sit and this is how big the eyes need to be and they can't go over this area because they'll overlap with the with the earring and um, having that grid system gives you the kind of scalability you need. Um, and then in terms of just like the, the tools themselves, all of the art is created straight into uh, Illustrator and... Um, and then I think that the bit that's quite interesting is when we kind of get into the animation. So you, you can kind of go through a process with Illustrator where you can prep the file um, in a way to animate it really easily in After Effects. So that, there's a kind of process there of artworking those assets into a kind of easily animated format. And then um, in terms of the animation, we have a whole kind of setup where all the timing is laid out in terms of how long the blessed character stays on screen, how long the transition period is, how long the possessed character stays on screen, and then how long it transitions back for. So the the Illustrator file goes into After Effects. We animate those traits individually. Um, But I think one of the things that's really interesting about what we're doing, um, and I think there'll be some future utility around this, but we haven't quite defined it yet, is normally when you create animation in after effects you're you're rendering this as a MOV or some kind of kind of normal video format um and they can that can work then kind of can be some um, complications with that but i think what we've done which is potentially unique i don't know if anyone else in the space is doing it is we're using um some software that i think airbnb um, created initially called lotty which effectively is rendering that animation into um javascript this is probably where tom can take over but effectively it allows us to take those animated elements and build them straight into our kind of custom generator that tom's built Um, tom do you want to go into that process a little bit i I actually even i would love to hear a recap (laughs) of the Lottie integration and how that's going into the generator
2: yeah um yeah when we finally decided on 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 the possessed and the animated states it was like oh but i i know how to I know you've theoretically how to do layered kind of PNGs to do static, uh, <laughs> static VFPs, but let's figure out how to do animation because um, it's not it's it's not quite straightforward. And um, yeah, I think like Joe said, like not I don't, there aren't many. I don't think there, maybe there are, but we are not sure there any other like 10k kind of animated projects um, that have kind of come before us. Uh, so what yeah, what we do is essentially we export like the each trait is a is this like lottie file. And then we have a generator that I built that uh, layers basically each trait on each other, like you would do with kind of if you're just using images. Um, but it but it layers the the Lottie kind of JSON formats together, like merges up, smushes them all into one, um, and then re renders that back out to to the Marvel GIF in this case, um, so that then you've then got kind of the shareable uh, shareable GIF. Um, and we built like a I built a generator, which, um, we have in our kind of, where Joe can just basically just upload traits like every day or, um, whatever. And so add a new head, add a new, um, set of eyes. And then the generator will then kind of, um, you can then just pick like show that eyes alongside like other traits that we've already built before. So, um, we can kind of, as we create new stuff, we can kind of live check it against, um, all the other things we built, and also get kind of a live, like running number of like the the total possible like combinations, um, which is like a very very satisfying number when you add a because the the maths start getting silly at some point. So when you start adding a trait, you kind of your combinations, the unique com- possible combinations can easily go up by like a few hundred million just by adding like a trait at this point, um, which
1: which is kind of exciting. Yeah, I think at the moment, if we add one new trait, the possible combinations goes up 20 million
0: (laughs) well you might you might have to increase your supply then (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah
0: because it seems like everyone wants to get their hands on a possessed and like i I think that ability to live create is super important you know we've spoken to other founders and they're they're literally you know they're building all the traits separately and then right at the end shoving in the what comes out and um you know psychrome who's the artist buying creeps um, you know, he's sort of part engineer himself, and so he he created this script that he was sort of live building, and it's it's actually it's I I you know that's that fun moment of seeing these creations come to life, um, and you know be able to sort of edit and pivot them as you're doing them, um, and, and really the result has been absolutely fantastic, you guys, um, but I, I'd love to I'd love to move more into like experience here because, you know. You've both both been founders in your past and, you know, I think building a web two company is so different to building in web three based on the fact that it's conversational product building and you have this very high touch 24 seven, you know, conversation relationship with the community, which brings so many benefits. So I guess I've kind of got like a, a two part question here. I would love to hear more about your journey from, zero Twitter followers zero discord or should I say lab um, members um, and you know that that journey of growth and and what you learned during it um, and then I the second part of the question is you know what have been your favorite moments in that you know what has been your your best experience best memories you know funny things that have happened you know crazy ways people have asked to, to become a test subject or whatever it might be
2: yeah yeah um yeah the 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 journey of growth is is an interesting one because um like people have asked us before like what what the kind of like silver bullet is like what was what was the difference between how we got how we got here and i i find it hard to like to pinpoint like one one exact exact thing i think that we just yeah started just like art first and foremost so posting a few kind of character teasers but then i think quite quickly start to build the, the the brand elements around it and posting posting um things that aren't art but like create that story and that lore that we've already talked about um and over time i think it just started um pretty organically just growing to more and more people like and we we were quite quite adamant from from the start to like not do any um like engagement farming essentially so our, we've never done any kind of um tag and the uh, tag three friends retweet um stuff on our page because uh we just felt like we yeah we wanted to, to grow a bit more organically even if that meant growing slower um and we weren't sure whether that that would worked for us and we're lucky that it did um but i think it helped that helps also in building that kind of like authentic kind of like trusting trusting audience as well and has meant now that i think one thing that we, we we really love about the community and the growth that we've got is that it's not just about the number of followers it's actually we're just really like every day i think we're just amazed at like the positivity and creativity within the community we've built and it's it's something that i like as a kind of uh, Semi introverted, like cynical dev, like I kind of saw social media as being perhaps a kind of more toxic place, <laughs> um, and it's really proved me proved me wrong in that, and that our, our community is amazing and it's it's so positive and so so creative, um, and that's that's definitely been one of the one of the highlights of of that journey. Um, and I suppose it's just the other thing that you mentioned you asked about was Discord, and I think that that was that was something that Joe and I talked about, like for. A, for a long time, like during, during the, like the growth. And, um, I remember when we were hitting kind of like yeah, 50, like 60 K and we still didn't have a discord yet. And, um, that was kind of like, there were two main reasons I think behind that. Like one is that at, at the time, like it was still, I think we probably got to maybe like 78 followers where it was still just Joe and I, like the only people on the team really, um, and so from a from a kind of it felt like discord was a step up that we just weren't didn't have the time to do but then the the other kind of i think a like bigger reason was that we wanted to be really conscious about where where discord like existed in our community and how it how it kind of complemented twitter and how it could be used as opposed to like probably all of us in like a million discords and like every day i kind of wake up and i've just got so many notifications that it's like difficult to process and we didn't just want to be another another red ping in that sea of, of red pings and wanted to be quite conscious over like how we launched it and what purpose it had and the kind of community we wanted to build um which is why i think we, we didn't end up launching till it was like um yeah, we were on like a hundred thousand followers and that also meant that the that also did have its challenges which we can go into in more depth in a minute of like how do you launch a, a discord to a hundred thousand people in a kind of scalable way um which has been has been fun and, and interesting and challenging but but yeah i'm sure joe's got like a, a different kind of taken perspective on that kind of that that, com- that community growth journey
1: um, well, I'll just pick up on the, the other question that you asked around, like you know, the exciting moments. I, I think there's been there's been a few, and um, there's one in particular I, w- I want to touch on. But like, just to briefly, I think early on, some of the like the
3: smallest
1: milestones like really seem so vivid in my memory of like I don't know hitting 300. Like, I remember the the moment we hit 300 followers. Like, there's such an arbitrary number. Um, particularly, kind of where we're at now, but I remember exactly where I was actually with Tom, and um, <laughs> and it was just like an amazing moment. So like those things, like are really like so exciting. And then you have like moments where someone will get in touch from like another project, and like that's really exciting. And you feel like oh, we're kind of yeah, we're going to get on the radar of some of these other projects. And then you kind of slowly realise like there's some. um, like a junior mod who actually doesn't have any connection with like the founder of that project, but you kind of, you feel like you're gradually getting on the radar. And then like, as you scale, like there's been the, the odd celebrity and like kind of a lister who's been in touch. And like, that's quite exciting for a moment. Um, but to be honest, the, the, the number one thing that's like the most probably exciting thing from the community perspective was tying into what Tom was saying about discord. So we had for a little while, we had it where test subjects, so our allow list, um, members of the posse they they could speak but everybody else um was just watching and that we had this observation deck where everybody could watch there's probably only maybe a hundred test subjects in there chatting away but we had maybe 70,000 people watching and we had all these kind of everybody was sending these reactions to all of the messages that were coming through um but we were kind of conscious of like we didn't want to just leave them in the observation deck we wanted to kind of bring them in and make that kind of a uh, um exciting experience for them as well and so we had this idea of of a systems upgrade in the lab and so we kind of sent this um announcement out saying we're going to run a systems upgrade at this time um on friday and um chris on the team built this amazing bot that kind of sent out these messages into the um into the channel where the test subjects were chatting to say right lab uh systems upgrades in process downloading the assets um, building up the kind of suspense and then this sense of there was a malfunction and the the, effectively the roles reversed so all of the test subjects who could speak suddenly weren't able to and the 70,000 people who couldn't speak were suddenly all able to at the same time and so you can imagine the feed of discord going from like quite a nice chat to this absolutely insane tsunami of messages and pretty much we crashed discord and it was absolutely crazy but we we kind of just did these sporadic malfunctions across that um i think that weekend and like that was like the most exciting fun thing to happen it was just crazy seeing um just the madness unfold in front of us i I loved that experience
0: yeah a discord going nuts is uh (laughs) is is a very happy occasion um uh, and so I could totally sympathise and empathise with that. Um, and like you've obviously had a, a, a brilliant design career, but I imagine most of your design work has been to a small number of clients. How has it felt having
1: a mass audience going nuts for your
0: artwork and loving it and giving it praise?
1: <laughs> Good question. Um, well, it's been nice to begin with because the feedback's been... Pretty positive on the whole, so that's um, that's pretty fortunate. Um, no it's been it's been amazing, you know, like you say before before we launched Twitter, Tom and I didn't have any real sense of presence online um, and so to kind of grow the community at this scale and to have such positive feedback's been unbelievable really. Um, I think two things like one it's it's kind of given me a, a sense of confidence in in what I'm doing. Um, because, you know, I felt like, you know, you always have a sense of like the quality that you're putting out, but then to have that reaffirmed at mass scale is, is. I've got to there for a second. Um, yeah. And, and then I think, um, the other thing is like suddenly you have a quarter of a million people inspecting every pixel of your art because one of the things that we created was um a lot of the art had these kind of hidden puzzles in them and they were either little barcodes or they were um like anagrams or they were all these kind of little teasers hidden away um that if you got it right first you became a test subject and so whilst that was really fun what it did is it encouraged people to kind of like massively analyze every kind of aspect of the art um And so I guess in a way it kind of makes you really conscious of maintaining the quality of absolutely everything because you know, it's going to get inspected so much. So, um, yeah, it's been a good thing, I think.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, um, and what do you, what are you guys like most excited about? You know, midday happens. It's a great moment. It's, you know, it's earth shatteringly fun? Um, what are you guys excited about the future of the brand? Like, where do you see it, where do you see it going?
2: You know, what, what are you um what are you looking forward to? I mean, I think we've got like some really exciting ideas, like Postman that uh, we haven't shared a huge amount about um yet because i think we're just so focused right now on on creating kind of like yeah the best collection we can with the lowest gas that we can and the and the best kind of like mint mechanics and things and community that we can as well so that's our just our main focus at the moment like for, for people who don't know our kind of our vision for the brand is is to like reawaken creativity and yeah spark this new global like creative uprising and i think that we, we've tried to do that already through just kind of yeah, directly inspiring people ourselves through kind of the, the art and the, the creativity through discord and the competitions and things like that. But how that like unfolds, like post mint, um, is, is some, like, yeah, we, we can't, can't give away any alpha right now, but I think that, um, we will be like releasing some stuff in the next couple of weeks that, uh, to kind of, you know, well, before before Mint will be saying a bit more on that so people know what they're buying into when they buy a possessed NFT. Um, and there will be some, there's, so there's definitely going to be some utility and there'll be some future future projects in there for sure and some of the standard stuff, but there'll also be some things that I think are very, like, different to, to other projects because, yeah, it's really going to tie in with this. How can we inspire creativity in people? How can we get you kind of... Um, rethink reawakening that spirit that perhaps you had when you were a kid and you were drawing and or making music and um to re, reawaken that now.
1: Uh Joe, I don't know if you've got anything to add on that. Just that um I, I think one of the ways I'm thinking about it is sort of two two different um areas of future stuff that we're gonna do. Um, and so so one of those is building the possessed universe out in more detail and and at a larger scale so you know we've established this story um, we've got the lab we've got these characters um so a big part of our future journey is kind of creating that universe and building out on that and and that is like super exciting sort of from a conceptual perspective and from an art perspective um and so that's kind of one strand of it. And I think the other strand, although kind of it will be tied to that in some way, it's also tied to the kind of the greater sort of vision that Tom just outlined. And I think some of those things are just as exciting, but maybe not quite as conceptual. They're maybe more looking at it from a um, web three business perspective and sort of an infrastructure perspective, um, whether that's kind of digital or within sort of physical space as well, creating physical experiences. So, like Tom says, like there's lots of ideas and I think we want to make sure that we have um, the time and the headspace to kind of choose which of those feels like the right decision to make in what order and is it going to add most value to holders um, post-mint. But um, yeah, in general, just like super excited about how we can kind of grow the, the whole um, concept out. Cool.
0: Awesome. I mean, I absolutely love it. I'm really excited. Um to see where the brand goes um and just sort of start wrapping this up like do you guys have final comments you want to have give um you know about the project or you know what you what you what you know potential holders can expect
2: um yeah i mean well firstly just thank you yeah thank you for having us on it's been a pleasure to come talk to the the creeps and um is definitely a project that, that joe and i have like have looked up to in our like, nft journey so yeah really appreciate that um yeah i think like in terms of just just what you can expect i think hopefully we've like if you're part of our community already you would have seen the kind of stuff that we put out and we're just going to continue to to yeah to try and like break the mold to be creative and to do different different things that are fun and um not grindy and good for mental health as well as like being just enjoyable. Um, and that's, I think that's what you can expect from us really in terms of just uh, enjoy that process and um, probably be surprised by some of the things that we put out as we experiment and some things will go right, some things won't, um,
1: but it will be, each one will be a ride for sure. Yeah, I think, um... Like, we obviously today we just announced our um, hazmats, which is a new role in the Discord. So, you can go and check our latest tweet around that. So, we're having more sort of community focused initiatives and fun things for the community kind of constantly coming out. Um, I think, from an art perspective, you know, one of the things that we've tried to find a balance of is, you know, we have certain traits that maybe like we really love or like, our kind of favorite traits, and we're kind of releasing some of those. But we also want to make sure that post-Mint, there's a lot of traits there that nobody has seen and there's kind of a real big anticipation and and there's definitely a handful of traits there that will probably be right at the top of the list of like the most exciting traits that we probably won't release pre-Mint. So that's something to look forward to. Plus we've got one-of-ones, so there will be some one-of-ones in the collection. None of those have been released yet, Um, so maybe we'll tease some of those at some point. Um, so yeah, lots of stuffs coming up, um, and just to reiterate what Tom said, you know, thanks to you guys. Like we spoke quite early on, um, it was really handy speaking to you as a as an established project. Um, and I think like what one of the things that we've you know has gone well for us is not just focusing on the art in the collection, but you know, visualizing that wider brand story and creating kind of visual touch points for that story through our Twitter and, and our website. And I think. As a project, you guys do that (laughs) exceptionally well. Um, Of all the great projects out there, I think your website experience is right at the top. Um, Really beautiful execution. So, um, you know, we've been having this discussion about brand stories and um, executing on the art, but you guys know that just as well as we do. So um, great job on that. And, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you guys.
0: Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. You know, I I think... You know, great founders should support other great founders, and you guys are really executing, um, you know, in exceptional ways. And I'm so excited for the brand and for you guys and where you're going to end up. Um, so, you know, let's let's have another let's have another AMA in in a few months and, and see what we've got to because uh, it's it's going to be exciting. Um, uh, <laughs> the, the creeps have been sort of uh, having a laugh in our Discord, and they're, they're laughing about the fact that we're. We're all from London and you guys are called Tom and Joe and we're called Dom and Joe. So <laughs> uh, but they always like to poke some where they can. Um, but yeah, so we did we did promise that one person who uh, came onto this AMA would would, you know, become a test subject or get a list or whatever you want to call it. Um, so we will be tweeting out that winner about five minutes after the AMA. Um, where we randomly select who it is. Um, I believe I actually just got a message from uh community manager who sent me the winner. Um, but um, for the rest of you, Creeps um, Possessed uh, is coming to the Creeps Alpha store. Um, so you guys will get to use your Lamex um, and apply uh, to get a spot. Um, and uh, good luck to all of you because it's, it's, it's extremely exciting. Um, cool and i guess joe the creeps joe any final
3: words (laughs) (laughs) no no guys um best of luck with everything it's been amazing to watch watch your journey from you know fairly early days i'm excited to see you know the mint process and beyond and and to hopefully get my hands on one of one of the um, pet possessed or or blessed nfts it's going to be an exciting journey on behalf of all the creeps thank you for your your time today guys um and best of luck with with the journey to come Thanks a lot. Good to be Thanks, here, guys. Yeah. Too. Thanks so
2: much. See you later, everyone. Thanks Bye. for coming.